it is also really important to understand this. So the entire childhood, basically, is somehow focused on this big event because there's no other criteria for the admission to a Chinese university. People often reject to believe what they don't understand or what scares them. With Dragonfolio China, you have the unique chance to truly understand a frequently misconceived country and an inevitable shift in the 21st century. Just lean back and enjoy a fascinating journey through China that will astonish and reward you. Niemann hao guys and welcome to the next episode of the Track and Folio China podcast. My name is Eric and today I want to talk about Chinese intelligence, their cleverness and focus a bit on their education system but also on their attitude towards intellectual people and towards knowledge and everything in this area. And there are many prejudices reaching from Chinese students have no life to Chinese cannot think for themselves. And of course, uh, very common phrases like all Chinese are good at math. And I want to give you some insights today why their system is a bit different and whether some of these biases are true or not. And of course, why is it actually important for us as well? And how does it explain how Chinese live today? And maybe even does it explain their dominance right now in a lot of um, fields such as AI and technology. So is it actually an advantage or is it maybe even harmful for them? And apart from my own studies and own opinion, I also asked some Chinese people and will basically um, yeah, tell you about what a lot of Chinese think about their own education system. I think that's also very interesting for you. So I would say the improvement in the education sector in China is most likely one of the greatest achievements in China in the past 50 years. Obviously, in the last centuries, there were a lot of problems in the sector and especially during the Cultural Revolution. But even afterwards, education was always facing a lot of mistrust. And this only really sustainably changed once Deng Xiaoping supported intellectual freedom despite a lot of resistance, of course, from a lot of other Chinese. And... Today, intellectuals in China have basically recovered from the Mao era, but also are more respected because their contribution to the country's growth and wealth is very obvious for a lot of people. So you can say that education nowadays is seen as the safest way to prosperity and to social advancement. So nowadays, education in China is extremely important. However, it's also important to understand that while in schools in urban areas where the education system is extremely good nowadays, well-funded in many cases, and education has quite high standards, schools in rural areas are very different from those urban areas. It's important to understand this because you have this kind of two-class system here. And yeah, on the countryside, you have often schools that are understaffed you often even have to pay for schooling. I'm not sure if it's everywhere still like this, but I know that where school is basically free in urban areas, you have to pay on the countryside. However, so this is important as a little um, pre-explanation. But 
there's not just a two-class system because you have rural areas and urban areas. There's another important aspect and that starts basically when people join kindergarten. The educational approach in China is very different from the West in this regard because in China the competition starts as early as kindergarten. Teachers there are much stricter. They require you to have more discipline. It's highly valued. And of course, also that means basically that teachers already play a much higher role in the education of the kids. And that is important because that is basically the same for high school later. The social position of teachers in China is not that extremely high in society. But their role in terms of raising kids is much higher. They are seen as a moral authority. The job of most teachers in the West is simply to educate the kids. Whereas in China, teachers are also supposed to basically teach them moral lessons and to make sure that they know the right values and discipline. So while kindergarten in the West is more like a big playground, in China it is where your career starts. And that is very important to understand. The career of a kid starts in kindergarten. It is basically steered by your parents. So parents are already starting to build up your network and to somehow already shape a path for your future. And of course, after kindergarten, you go to school and guess what? It's pretty much the same. It's highly competitive and examination-based. Chinese students learn way more than kids in Western schools. And also after school, it is not really common to, let's say, just hang out on the street or with your friends somewhere. It's actually no option for a lot of kids. When they come home and they have free time, it means to study. And if you have a hobby, then a lot of cases that would be playing an instrument or doing some sports activity that is related to school so maybe offered by the school or play for their team and something like this it's not really like you have these for instance in europe we have a lot of sports clubs and stuff like this is not that common in china so everything is related to school basically and therefore when you say that students in china have very very little free time. That is true to some extent. And that is basically from your early childhood until you leave school. Pressure during this period is extremely high. And I remember an example that I personally experienced. I was with a friend in the library in China and uh, we just walked through and suddenly she said, oh, look, that's my, that's my dad and my little brother. And it was on a Saturday. And she told me that they basically spent every Saturday in the library studying for hours. And this little boy was maybe seven or something. In most Western countries, this is totally inconceivable. That's a no-go for most kids and for most parents. And that's just an example, right? So the pressure is extremely high. And now it is important to understand why. Why are they doing this actually? So one reason is that they think, well, discipline is important, strict rules are important, and with all these endless homework and tasks and constant pressures from not just teachers, but also from their peers. So they basically put on pressure on each other. But 
The second reason is that they want to prepare for the big test. And the big test is the so-called Gaokao, which literally means high test, high exam. Mm. And this is the big formal goal for most students. The test result of this Gaokao basically decides on your entire future. So basically, um, after the third year, I believe, of high school in China, you take the standardized test. In entire China, all students take this test on the very same day. And the result is so important for your university. And um, it is also really important to understand this. So the entire childhood, basically, is somehow focused on this big event. Because there's no other criteria for the admission to a Chinese university. Universities are extremely picky when it comes to that. And you cannot get a really good job as well if you haven't been to a very good university. So this is basically the whole reason why there's so much effort put into the education of a single child from the parents and why also the kids in an early stage already understand how important it is. Because I said competition starts in kindergarten and in junior high school already. And the reason is that if you manage to be in the best class, if you have better teachers because your grades are better, then let's say you're also on a lane that has a higher chance of achieving a good Gaokao. Because you are with other top students, so you are also challenged to a maximum. And when you take the Gaokao, the big exam, then it's a standardized test. So you would already probably leave a lot of people behind if you have been among the top students prior to that. Regarding the Gaokao, maybe one more comment on that. I think it's interesting that the Gaokao has no age limit and you can, as far as I know, repeat it as many times as you want. You can retake the Gaokao. This is what many people do. Of course, at a certain age, it becomes ridiculous and um, it's not really an advantage anymore. But there are a lot of people who would take the exam um, once again. And the most probably famous example is the founder of Alibaba, Jack Ma, um, who many people consider as highly intelligent, of course, and a very capable person. But uh, he basically... Um, I heard you cannot really fail the Gaokao, but he took it at least twice because his results were really miserable and uh, yeah, far away to achieve his dreams, basically his dream jobs that he wanted to have in the future. So the Gaokao is important, but I would also say it becomes a bit less relevant these days. And the reason simply is that many students in China nowadays go abroad. So when you go overseas, you don't need a Gaokao, right? Nobody cares about it. And uh, yeah, a lot of students, they say, sorry, but the competition is extremely tough. It's a huge burden. It screws up my entire childhood. And so they just say, okay, I go abroad and just study at another university, which is just as good as the Chinese ones, but I don't need this Gaokao. So that's possible, um, but you have to keep in mind that not everyone can afford this. So studying abroad is never really a cheap thing. So if you cannot afford it or 
your parents cannot afford it at all, you don't get a scholarship or something, and you have to study in China, then there's no other way than taking a good Gaokao. If your Gaokao is not good enough, you can still study. That's not a big issue, but you end up at a, of course, lower-ranked university, and so is your job later. So anyway, obviously, most Chinese students are still studying in China. There's no other way. And the interesting thing now is that the time at university is very relaxed compared to the time at high school. Some people even told me once they reached university, once they were on the campus, they became extremely lazy. They ended up in some kind of gap because suddenly all the pressure was instantly gone. Normally, this is also the time where you leave your parents, you go to another city to study, and then there's no more Gaokao target. You know, if you make it through this university, you most likely gonna have a good job. It's not so relevant anymore to get the most awesome grades and the pressure is gone somehow. And um, yeah, as I said, afterwards, um, you're gonna go for your job. And I think it's a bit comparable to America here because the, the university is very important. In Europe, it's less like this. And if you come from a top university, you're gonna most likely have a great job unless your personality is totally screwed, you're gonna make it. And well, if your university sucks, then you will end up with a lower income job. That's simply how it works. Nevertheless, it is also important to understand that the academic career becomes a bit less relevant recently. And this development is also similar to the West because nowadays you have more entrepreneurs. So you don't necessarily need to study at a university to become a successful person. If you are good in doing business, if you have a great idea, if you have some other great skills that you can use, you can still make it. That's possible and especially in China with all these opportunities, that is also how a lot of people nowadays make their fortune and become super successful. And I think this is further going to increase. For the majority, however, it is still very important to have a good academic education that is really important to understand. It is way more important than in Europe or in America. And I was curious, how do Chinese people actually see this entire system? And the majority of people that I asked, they were, they used to be students themselves. And their general opinion was that they also believed that their system is a bit too harsh and too tough. At a time where they were students themselves, they somehow saw it as okay. They thought, well, that's how it is and it somehow makes sense. By looking back, especially now that they have this comparison with Western countries, they think actually it's not necessary to have such a huge pressure on kids because they also believe it takes away a lot of freedom and a lot of valuable time for kids that they could also use for developing in other areas. There was the overall opinion that I always heard, but of course they also think that a certain discipline and yeah, a diligent uh, attitude is very important as well. The question always would be, what would be the alternative? I mean, 
we know that the system right now is probably not perfect, but it is not so predisposed to corruption. Because if you say, I mean, the universities can basically freely pick, and I think it would be a bigger mess. In this case, you can always at least say, well, it's a fair way. They all have the same test, and you can easily compare the scores of students. And um, yeah, with that, the question is, does it have such a negative impact on the creativity of kids in China? Kids in China, they don't perceive it as such a bad thing, as I said, because, well, it becomes part of their mentality. And uh, yeah, their self-image is that they have to put everything in to get good grades. And um, yeah, the critics of this is that people would say, you don't promote enough creativity. The independence of young Chinese people is also lacking because they get all the support from their parents and they basically cannot really develop themselves. And indeed, this field, studying versus being creative, is one of the biggest differences that you will encounter when you study about Chinese and Western characters and culture. So in China, you can definitely say, and that's proved by a lot of statistics, that the methods there provide students with excellent memory skills, but weaker creative and analytical skills. And um, this is why we have this bias that all Chinese are good in math. It is not because they are more intelligent. It is simple because they study much harder and they have a high focus on math in school. So most Chinese are indeed pretty good when it comes to um, yeah, calculating and doing math in general. And on the other hand, you also see that Western kids have a higher sense of responsibility and are often more creative and um, Chinese are also catching up with this. So some of this independence and creativity is developed much later in their professional life or at university because you don't have this influence anymore from your family. You have more freedom to express yourself, to study. And um, yeah, you don't have this pressure anymore. So yeah, um. It's hard to say what system is really better. Of course, um, in the West, you have even movements where parents want to take their kids out of school because they believe that this very tough education system and the teachers and the discipline is not good for the development of the kids. In China, most people believe in discipline and they even have this um, mentality thing called nongzhiku which means basically to be able to bear hardship, to have a better tomorrow. So they believe that you have to first eat dirt to become successful. And a lot of parents in China, they went through the same, and now they want to give everything for their kids to enable them to have a bright future. And they believe once a certain threshold is passed, they can have this amazing life. But it is not possible to reach it if you haven't put everything in, if you haven't if you haven't been sweating, if you haven't felt some pain. So parents also spend a lot of time 
to not just time actually also money to push their kids to the maximum and only when their guilt is done with the gaokao they basically are fine and to give you an example parents in china spend around one third of their income for education of their kids that is more than germans spend for their living this is a huge number that's very interesting and it shows clearly the attitude of parents in china and there's another very interesting aspect that is more or less derived from all this attitude and that is that achievement in china is often seen as a result of hard work and effort rather than of intelligence and talent in the west some people they make it they have great success and then people say yeah sure he's very smart he has always been good and that is not how the majority would view it in china they would believe you can only have great success and huge achievements if you worked very very hard otherwise they would think something is wrong i think this is really important to understand because it means that learning is more than a means to an end but is often a goal a target itself because without learning no matter what and how useful it is you cannot achieve success this is very important if you should take something away from this episode then it is this sentence basically and when you deal with chinese and when you read about them you might want to keep this in mind because it helps you to understand their way of thinking a bit better and with this we should not make the mistake that we think that chinese are not creative by the way because chinese are extremely creative but often in another way and more and more chinese also think more critical about this whole discipline thing and also try to develop other skills at an early stage and try to break out and i think that also china going to um yeah loosen this entire extremely disciplined focused system a bit but for a lot of people it worked and if you see how the education system has pushed china how many extremely qualified talented people you have today then you cannot say that the system is bad overall for a country i mean one reason that china is so successful today is the labor force china is not such a low cost country anymore there are a lot of countries where labor is much cheaper such as vietnam the philippines and the reason why still so many people and companies want to go to china to make business to produce stuff is also that labor there is extremely qualified at a moderate cost level and yeah that's all about uh, what i wanted to say about the chinese education system their intelligence and their cleverness and yeah speaking of education i hope i could also educate you a bit and give you some great insights that make you think about um, different systems and different attitudes towards discipline and studying and with that thank you for listening and i'll see you in the next episode 
Thanks for listening to the Dragon Folio China Podcast. As you've kept listening until now, I assume you enjoyed the show and would appreciate a five-star rating on your podcast app, which allows other folks to learn about this important topic as well. For more fascinating insights into China and for easy ways to benefit, make sure to visit the website at dragonfolio.net and sign up for the free newsletter.